Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Ezra 1 verse 5. Then the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all those who were around them encouraged them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with precious things, besides all that was willingly offered. King Cyrus also brought out the articles of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem and put it in the temple of his gods. And Cyrus, king of Persia, brought them out by the hand of Mithradeth, the treasurer, and counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. This is the number of them, 30 gold platters, 1,000 silver platters, 29 knives, 30 gold basins, 410 silver basins of a similar kind, and 1,000 other articles. All the articles of gold and silver were 5,400, all these Sheshbazar took with the captives who were brought from Babylon to Jerusalem. Okay, so the king has got his accountant guys out. They know how to do accounting. They're, they're accounting for all these things that were stolen. So here's all these exiled leaders. They were sent back to rebuild the temple at the expense of their neighbors because they obeyed the king's proclamation. The people didn't have to go back to remake all those temple furnishings that had been stolen back in Second Kings. They were given back what was stolen from the temple in the first place. Friends, this is restoration by God. He knows how to restore what has been taken away. So what had once been taken away? After being humbled, God has the power to give back through a royal proclamation. And this applies to us still even today, because our sin has caused us to break God's law, and sin makes us slaves, just like Judah was made slave to Babylon. But God can restore if you will get right before him. I want to show you what Jesus said in John eight thirty four. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So, thankfully, the people of Judah, they recognized that their sin had provoked God's wrath big time. And so once they understood that it was all their fault, instead of saying, oh, God, why are you having us deported? How, how can we got to leave our homes? Oh, God, how dare you? How come you don't save us and give us everything we want? No, they realized, wait a minute, this is our fault. They had to go through a hard time of being humble before they finally came to that realization, wait, this is our fault. Once they got that, then they could accept the reason why God had to judge their sin. Now, Romans chapter 2 says, that the judgment of God falls upon people rightly. Friends, God never judges anybody wrong. 
Sometimes he gives us great blessing. Sometimes he gives us trial. And, we, and sometimes we want to praise him. And sometimes we want to shake our fist at him. But every judgment he makes is right. And when God has to chastise us, it's because he wants us to turn back to him from our sin. Now, remember what I showed you that Ezra said in chapter 9 that God's punishment is less than what our iniquity deserves. Friends, this punishment is what humbles us down. The trials, the hard times, the, the, the bad times. Where's God at? God, what are you doing? These are the things that humbles us down so that we will learn to turn back to God instead of doing everything our own way. James 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Okay, this kind of corresponds with what they said. Let us humble ourselves. Now, I love how God gives us the opportunity to humble ourselves rather than our only option being that God has to do it for us. Now, I understand we don't have the ability to humble ourselves to the point that God needs to get us to, but at least he gives us the option at times to humble ourselves instead of him having to do every bit of it. You know, to humble yourself means you've got to stop doing it your way. Stop thinking that you're so high and mighty that you call all the shots. You've got to submit to God's authority instead of priding in your own and then search his word to find out what he expects for you to do. That's humbling yourself before God. God is the boss and not you. That's what calling Jesus as Lord means, that he determines what you should do, and we should obey that. Now, I know it often seems impossible and often even very expensive to follow the Lord God instead of being just like everybody else. It's just sometimes something people don't want to do. But I don't want you to forget what we learned in this chapter, that once Judah got right with God, then God paid all their expenses to send them back home. It looks impossible. How are we ever going to go back to our own land? We're just prisoners here in Babylon. Now we're prisoners here in Persia. The, 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 the kingdom got even bigger. How are we going to beat these guys? We can't take these guys on. They're too big for us. It's impossible. How are we ever going back? God made it possible. God paid their way back, but they're not going back until they get right with God, until they get humble before him first. God pays that. He can pay that expense. God stirred the king's spirit up to pay for the Jews' return. And friends, the same thing goes for us. Even though it seems tough or impossible at times to follow God, I don't see how I'm ever going to get out of this. This problem is so big, there's absolutely no way. I'm going to get out of this ever in my life. And maybe you're thinking that way, the way Judah thought of Persia. Friends, I want you to know that even though it seems impossible to follow God, once you just become willing to make that turn, just be willing to turn back to God, then all the expenses becomes God's. See, you think it's impossible because you're looking at it from your standpoint, from the resources that you have, from the money that you've got. And you're thinking, man, there's no way. You got to give it over to God and let him do it his way. I always say, if you hate your life, give it to Jesus. He'll give you a brand new one. So the expense becomes his. God will pick up your tab if you'll trust him with it. I want you to realize that God did not just leave Judah behind to figure out how to make it home on their own. <laughs> I'd be thinking, well, how am I supposed to get home? I don't, I don't have any way to do it. God says, don't worry. I will take care of that. Friend, I want to encourage you. Are you in that spot right now? You're in a figurative Persia. You're in this empire that has you locked down under their thumbs, and 
this problem has you so owned, you don't even know the first thing. There's no way you can get out of it. You've been telling yourself that for years. I There's no way I'm going to get out of this. Never. And so you're defeated. You're beat. You're tired of living like that. I'm telling you, give it over to the Lord God. God will pick up your tab. God didn't just leave Judah there. Okay, figure it out. He stirred the king and said, pay their way. God can pay your way back. I want to show you Philippians 4 verse 19. Says, and my God shall supply most of your needs. No, it doesn't say that. That word there is all. So I'm going to reread it. My God shall supply all your need. That means all of it. He shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God is not going to supply for some of your needs according to what you have. He's going to supply all your need according not to what you've got, according to what he's got. That's why you can trust him. you got to figure that all these people that were going back to return to their land, just their getting out and walking back, (laughs) or however it was they traveled, just their going home, that was a public acknowledgement on their part that they believed that God would put them back as a nation again. They were admitting in action. They believed that God would reestablish them back, that he would restore them back. Because when they first set off to go home, they couldn't even afford to make the trip. So they really had to believe that God would get them through. Now, friends, this is how we need to live our own lives. We need to learn to believe without a doubt that God has the power and that God has the resources to get us through this crazy life that we live in. And we can trust God to do this for us, because just like King Cyrus made a royal proclamation that would ensure the Israelites' journey back home, God has also made a royal proclamation to ensure our journey back home as well. God made a royal proclamation. He spoke it, and he wrote it, a royal proclamation to make sure you get home. I want to show it to you. This is a very common verse, John 3.16. Now listen to this in light of what you've been learning today. For God so loved the world. Friend, do you realize he loves you? That's why he's doing all this work for you, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, whoever means whoever, well, not me, I messed up. You don't know what I've done, Ray. Listen to it. Listen to what he says. Listen to the word. It's written. It has been spoken by the king. Listen to the proclamation. Whoever. You getting this, guys? Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Friend, you're thinking, well, I'm under such heavy burden. Surely God has forgotten about me. Surely there's no way for me to get out. The Bible says Jesus himself spoke it, whoever. Friend, you are a whoever. (laughs) So give it over to him and let him save you, okay? Now, I want you to recall how King Cyrus spoke this as a royal proclamation, but he also had it written down. Remember, he spoke it, and it says, and it was also written. Now, I want you to remember that that written part of it went into the public record so that it would be absolutely permanent. Nobody could ever forget about it. Remember that king later, he goes, we have to do what? 
Go look it up. And they looked it up and says, hey, there it is. Nobody could forget. Friends, I want you to realize that John 3.16 is a royal proclamation that Jesus spoke for our salvation. And he also had it written down into the public record of God's word. Wherever you go, whatever part of the world you are in, it is written down and it is written in the book of John. It is written in chapter 3. It's written in verse 16. I'm telling you exactly how to go look it up. If somebody says, no, God didn't want to save you, or you find it's impossible, go look it up. It can't be forgotten. The public record of God's word means it is absolutely secure. Nobody can take your salvation away from you or forget about it or manipulate it away. It is a royal proclamation, spoken and written. Matthew 24, verse 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. That means when Jesus said it and had it written, it ain't going anywhere, friends. So you want to get saved, you give it over to the Lord God, you believe in him, you're going to be saved. Nobody can change that. The Lord's royal proclamation of our salvation is permanently written. Your salvation can't be forgotten. No one can take it away. And the reason for this is because God wants to be worshipped by his people. That's why he brought his people back into Judah, into Jerusalem, where that temple was to be, because God wants his people to worship him. Same for us. God wants to save you. He wants to take over your life if you'll let him have it. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you blessing, not until you're humbled. If you're still shaking your fist at him, he's not ready to move yet. But if you'll give it to him and say, I'm sorry, and submit to his authority, let him have it, he'll take over because he wants you to worship him. Same thing as with the people of Judah is today. He wants you to worship him. And if you're not worshiping him, it's because you're worshiping yourself. You're trying to set up your own little kingdom instead of worshiping his. You want your kingdom to flourish, not God's. That's why you're in the mess you're in. If you're finally had enough of it, you can't take it anymore. Give it to him. He'll take over. And then you can switch to coming back into a place of worship for a worship of him instead of your own self. This is pretty simple logic, if you ask me. So don't ever say, it, but it's too hard to follow God. I mean, I hear people say that, it, it's, and it is. It, it, down here, it is on this earth. How is it too hard to follow the Lord God, especially when you now know that he himself has offered to pay every expense of the journey? He says he pays for it. How is that too hard? 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay, friends, you were paid for. You were bought. And you're very expensive. That means you have a lot of worth, okay? Jesus died on the cross for your sins, okay? And it's a very astronomically high price. How is it too hard to follow God when he paid for it all? How is that too hard? You can do it. Trust in him. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That blows the abortion case right out the door. That's why it's so wicked. That's why it's definitive of unbelievers that push it. Because your body is not yours. That's the big argument. My body, I do what I want. It is not your body. It is God's, and he paid for it, not you. Glorify him with it. But friends, it's easy to follow the Lord God if you trust in him. It's hard to follow the Lord God if you don't trust in him. Let's just keep that clear. 
The times in the Bible when all the big Bible characters, guys, the big faithful forefathers and, and ancestors that we've had, whenever they got all been out of shape, is because their trust got a little whacked, okay? Trust in him. Mine gets a little whacked sometime, and I flip out a little bit. Yes, I know, but then I come back to myself. I'm sorry, God, I messed up. Take over. Just follow the Lord God. Let him have it. Now, this price that he paid for to buy you, that was when Jesus died on the cross because our sin produced a death penalty upon us, and Jesus paid that penalty. But salvation is only yours if you will be humble enough to turn from your old life of captivity, which why would you want to stay in it anyway? You already don't like it as it is. got to turn from your old life of captivity and give yourself over to the Lord. Turn yourself over to His authority. Trust in Him. Now, I want you to remember what Ezra said in those spoilers that I gave you up front. He said, we provoked the God of heaven to wrath. And he said, we need to humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us. And he also said that even our worst trials, we've got to understand that God has punished us less than what our iniquities deserve. But friends, to think that he could have punished us worse, and he still, even though we have disobeyed and sinned against him and said, God, get out of my life, I don't care to be around you, he still has given us such deliverance as this. That's amazing. For us to have sinned so badly and that God still loves us enough to want to bring us home, even after all that we've done against him, friends, aren't you glad that we have this royal proclamation from King Jesus, that he spoke it and he had it written so that no one could forget it and no one could ever take it away. This is our God. He's so good. And one final thought, and it's just because I saw it in the chapter, I need to cash in on it. Where King Cyrus commanded the Israelites' neighbors to pay for their expenses back home. Friends, these were Gentiles that were commanded to pay their way back. These were non-Jews. These were Gentiles. They were to pay that expense for their way home from their own pockets. That was God's way of bringing them back. Did you know that this expense is still required of Gentiles even today? Romans 15 verse 27 says, For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Friends, it's kind of like we raided the Jewish refrigerator. Okay. I remember when some friends of mine were hanging out at our buddy's house in high school and we saw good food in the refrigerator. And so me and all our friends, you know, we just all jumped in the refrigerator and we got the microwave going. We got ice cream out too and all this stuff. We're all around the table just eating all this stuff out of this, out of my friend's refrigerator. His dad came in the room and he goes, Hey, what are you doing? That's all my stuff. That's my food. And we're like, yeah, thanks. You know, it's kind of like we did that to the Jews. They had all these blessings offered to them by God. We showed up and said, hey, that looks good. We want some too. And we partook of it. And the Jews were like, hey, that's ours. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, thanks. I've got your Messiah. I'm saved too. Okay, we are partakers of Jewish blessings. Salvation has come to Gentiles through the Jewish blessings. So I want you to know that whenever you financially give to this ministry, Set for Life Radio, or the church that I'm pastor of, setforlife.church. That's how you can find us online. When you financially give, you help this ministry to support Jesus-believing Jews who are trying to return to 
and live in their own land of Israel. I want you to know that when Jews profess Jesus as the Messiah in Israel, they are instantly and severely persecuted by the Israeli government, as well as any unbelieving Jews that live there too. There was a time I was speaking with a believing Jew that professed Jesus as Lord, their Messiah. We were eating dinner by the Sea of Galilee, and this person told me, you know, if it wasn't for the ministry giving to help me stay here, I wouldn't be able to pay my rent. Friends, I want you to understand this ministry helps to offset the persecution that the, the nation of Israel is trying to push the believers out of the land. Did you know that there is prophecy? that says when Jesus comes back, there will be believers in the land of Israel who are there to worship God his way that are going to be there to shout in thankfulness that the Lord has come back, the Messiah has come, they're going to shout his name. Well, how can there be believers in the land of Israel if somebody's not helping them be there? Same as in the book of Ezra chapter 1. How could the Jews get back to their land if somebody wasn't going to send them there? So I want you to know that when you give to this ministry, You're helping in Ezra 1 ministry. You're helping the Romans 15 ministry to help the Jews go back. It's called Aliyah. It's called going up to help them go back because God wants his people to worship him in Israel. Okay, that's what God wants. And so we're there to do, we're here to help do that. So this ministry here, we help offset a Jewish believer's financial burdens by doing the same thing that King Cyrus commanded here in Ezra 1 to help their Jewish neighbors financially. So I want you to know we support believers in Israel at the Gentiles' expense because we are partakers of their blessings so that God's people can worship him in their own land. Isn't that just great to be part of that? What a great way for us to honor the Lord God, right? So if you want to be part of this giving, I'm not trying to fluff you up to make me rich. I'm going to make no more money than I've ever made before, okay? It doesn't come to me. But if you want to help us to support the Jewish believers in the land, go to setforliferadio.com. There is a donate button. You can become part of that, and we'd appreciate it. What a great way to honor the Lord, right? Friends, I pray that the Lord God stirs your spirit up, just like he did with the kings that we've read in 2 Kings and Ezra 1. He stirred their hearts to benefit the Jewish people. Friends, I love the Jewish people. I have a love for them that's been given to me by God, and I pray you have that as well. I pray God stirs up your spirit to love the Lord Jesus Christ. If God can stir up the spirit of kings like he did with Nebuchadnezzar and Cyrus, then that makes King Jesus the king of kings. If God can stir up kings, if God can manipulate entire kingdoms to serve his will, That makes our Lord the King of Kings. And our King of Kings, he offers you a royal proclamation of salvation. If you want to be saved, follow me. It's real simple. Pray this. Father God, I have sinned. I am so sorry. Thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place. I give you my life to pay for what I am too broke to pay for myself. Thank you for giving me eternal life. I I accept it. I now belong to you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to know you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.